This episode of Fables Around the Table, Tiffany, includes the following content. Frightening situations, body dysmorphia, child loss, fertility issues, underage relationships, abusive relationships, and food tampering. Viewer discretion is advised. No sooner was he gone than she began to wonder what could possibly be hidden behind the forbidden door. Did he hide disturbing habits? Or unseemly desires? Was there some secret treasure known only to those of noble blood? Did he hide a mistress? Or was it something too terrible for her innocent mind to guess at? She distracted herself from the idea with an exploration of the palace. She inspected the galleries, each more magnificent and splendid than the last. She tried on exotic furs and rubbed herself in priceless oils. She visited the servants in the kitchen, which caused quite a stir, and luxuriated in the steamy marble baths. All the while, her curiosity was gnawing at her. Was not the palace now her domain? Did not her husband trust her with his secrets? She idled in her bedchambers, becoming lethargic and gloomy. The splendor of her surroundings took on a sour bent, and she could take no pleasure in them. Finally, she could resist the siren call of the forbidden door no longer. Uh, so, sisters, you have just exited the dressing room after dealing with the monster in the mirror that looked so so much like you, but you were able to overcome it and realize that maybe you're getting in your own head about this a little bit. Your earlobes are now adorned with beautiful gems that you found in a jewelry box. So each of the sisters think about um, a time in Tiffany's life where you saw a really powerful woman. And what about that was attractive to you? Not necessarily like Mmm, that that lady attractive, but just like <laughs> I, I wish I could emulate that as I wish I could be a powerful woman like that. The the one that came to my mind first, I think, was um was Eloise, uh, and specifically Eloise like getting married. Um, I think that Tiffany found that to be like a really powerful moment, and like even with having to keep within like traditions and everything like that she sort of like realized how powerful and um in the center of the situation like the bride is for a wedding like that and um i kind of think it's like one of the only weddings that she's like been to before her own um and she was like very impressed and like taken with that um and she and she desired that so when uh when she met bluebeard that sort of like she was able to like experience that on her own as well. Okay, I like that. There's something about like being like the the uh, idol of beauty 
in a wedding like that, right? Yeah, yeah, and like something about like having power through those traditions, like like the traditions are set up in such a way to put focus on the couple, but you know the bride is also the one in the big white elegant dress, um, right. and I think that she saw that very much as a symbol of power. Okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and like power through her femininity because it's also a very feminine thing. It is. I think the animus also would have looked to Eloise for this, the the powerful woman, um, but it wouldn't have been Eloise at her wedding. It would have been afterwards accompanying Eloise and Eloise's husband to the market and seeing Eloise walk arm in arm with her husband, navigating like all the market stalls and booths and getting the things that they needed for their house, but what really stuck out is that both Eloise and her husband seemed like equal partners. They both talked to all of this, the shopkeepers, they laughed together, they really seemed to enjoy each other's company, and when you looked at them, they didn't seem alone in each other's company. They seemed like maybe like one person. Oh, okay, interesting. So it's a little more like the animus believes that a powerful woman has like a partnership and equal with somebody else. Yes. Okay. I think that the witch would view the power that her mother held in being kind of the matriarch of the family and passing along the secrets of their small kitchen powers. Um, I think that there's something innately powerful to her in having these abilities and being able to make things happen or go more smoothly or change somebody's life with something as simple as what you find in the garden and also passing on those secrets and like being a holder of that secret. So the witch finds uh, a, a woman's power is in her, her knowledge and how she can apply the, the knowledge that she uses or that she has. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Uh, as different as the three sisters are, they all have a very different idea of where uh, the power of a woman comes from. Um, so as Tiffany exits the, the dressing room and looks at the keys again, um, these, these thoughts are running through her mind. As she's thinking about the the earrings that she's holding or that she's wearing now, and the just kind of like the powerful energy that she felt coming off of them, um, Animus, I believe you are still in control of Tiffany. Uh, so you look at the the key of rings, and which one calls to you? Uh, she takes a moment to turn each key over and look at them, and she stops on one that is bronze in color. Um, the end of the key is circular and it has uh, geometric shapes on the inside. It's kind of cold to the touch and you could almost smell the metal. Okay, interesting. Um, so yeah, Tiffany takes this key with all of its intricate de details and she pushes it into the next door she comes across. Um, and with a heavy click, she hears the, the lock open and she pushes the door open. Uh, when she opens the door, the inside of this room is filled with, like, wood carvings and other 
they they look like toys upon first glance. They're like um, carved animals, and there are some dolls. Tiffany uh, gets the feeling that this was a craft room for somebody. Um, there's a big window across the the way where the bright light of the sun is shining through. There's an easel set up that's kind of got some sketches pinned to it for a future uh, wood carving or doll. There are, there are just lots of little, like, cute little knickknacks. Um, you, you think uh, a small child would be very charmed by a lot of these. Let's see. This is me knowing what to do. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I, let, me, let, me, let me fill the room with some more things. Um, as, as you look around, um, and are investigating the, the things in this room, uh, you find, a, a chisel and tool set, um, used to create some of these things, presumably. Uh, there's a chest that, when opened, is filled with more toys and stuffed animals and dolls. All of them are very beautiful. There's a really ornate, I guess it would technically be a china cabinet? Um... But, like, it's got the doors on it, and you can see through it that there are shelves inside. It's not a bookcase, but it doesn't hold plates. Um, But inside, there are more figurines that are more intricately uh, designed. Like Um, a display cabinet? Yeah. I guess guess that's what it would be called. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you see a display cabinet that's filled with even more intricate uh, figurines than the ones that are strewn about this room. Um, And upon closer inspection, it looks like each of these have been made to represent something uh you look at them and you get the uh, the feeling that these each of these was made to commemorate an event um i would like to investigate these figurines further yes yeah uh the 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 doors to the display case pop open and you're able to look at them um there's a series of gosh Tiffany can't even count at first how many of these there are. Um, one of them is a beautiful painted wooden flower that almost looks more realistic than not. If you didn't know that, you know, this was a, a, a cabinet filled with wooden figurines, you wouldn't immediately jump to think that this is a not a real flower. Um, you also see a, a little bed that's made. And it's got these uh, beautiful, ornate bedposts coming out of each of the four corners. Um, it looks very much like the, the bed that you woke up in today. Um, painted it with a different bedspread, but the, uh, the wooden structure looks very familiar to you. Um, you see a crib that's been made. And it, it almost looks like it's impossible for this to exist. It's so tiny and delicate. Um, when you reach forward and touch it, it actually rocks, um, like like a rocking crib would. Or I guess they're called cradles, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's another one that is a uh, a dress that is on like a one of the the dress mannequins. Um, and it is it's beautiful. It looks like something that um someone in the royal family would wear. Uh, the way that the fabric is draped along the the body of this thing it looks like if you touched it it would actually be soft like fabric each of these things is also painted blue huh. Ooh, choices choices i think the animus is going to look at the bed figurine yeah she picks it up and starts looking at it um 
it's very dainty. She's kind of afraid that if she, like, puts too much pressure on this thing, it might snap. It doesn't quite feel hollow, but just the, the sheer amount of detail in, in this uh, figurine is, like... Mm -hmm. uh, do any of the other sisters have any thoughts about what's happening in this room? Um, I think that the Virgin is sort of, like, afraid that the Animus is going to break the thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I think that she's like more worried about like even though this seems like a playroom or a childlike room she's still very focused on like um, keeping things very pristine and like making sure that nothing is broken the witch really wants to know if there's like any intense feelings of memories coming off of any of these particular four uh, figurines that have been described mm -hmm. So th would that be the investigate a mysterious object move? It would. Yeah. So which two questions would you like to ask? Um, uh, it's whose item is this? What memories does the item hold? What about this item is odd or uncanny? And why did Blue Bear keep it? Yes. Um, would the witch like to choose one as well since you were also curious? I want to know about the memories. What memories does the item hold? And... I think the Animus wants to know whose item is this. I'm so proud of this teamwork. <laughs> Aww. Um, well, that was a very good uh, combination of questions. I can answer them in one. So as Tiffany takes this and she's examining it, she kind of hears like a, a soft laughter come from one of the, the shadowy corners of the room. And when she spins around to look at it... Um, there is a person standing there. Oh gosh. <laughs> she is a, a a very young, like even younger than Tiffany, a young looking girl. And she approaches, she comes out of the the shadows a little more. She doesn't stray too far into the light though. She stays pretty uh she keeps herself to the shade. And she uh she looks at Tiffany and she asks, "Don't you think that's wonderful?" I, I made that when I was imagining how we'd be able to redo some of the rooms in the house. You made all these things? Yes, aren't they beautiful? Oh, yeah. They are. And she's gonna look down at the bed in her hands and kind of look at it, and the reason that it caught her attention in the first place was because it does look like the bed that she woke up in this morning. And who is this girl? Was that her bed? Um, she notices Tiffany looking at the the bed again, and she laughs again. Isn't it so beautiful? I picked it out myself. He he promised me that we'd paint the room blue, just like that bed. And as she says that, um, she laughs, and Tiffany can hear a thud. It's not a very heavy thud, but it sounds like something fell to the floor. Uh, she's going to turn to see what fell. Um, she doesn't see anything out of place, and the thud came from the direction of the girl. Yeah, she's gonna ask the girl. Was that you? Huh? What are you talking about? That thud. Did you do that? Oh, um, I don't... I don't think so. Oh, that's, uh, strange. Who are you, anyway? Oh, um, I was one of the ones he loved. Do you know when he's coming home? He, he promised me when he got back that we'd take a long walk in the garden. We'd hold hands in the moonlight and it would be so romantic. Uh, she holds her hands close to her heart and Tiffany looking at her can see one of her arms just fall off of her. Oh. There's, a, there's a similar thud, this one a little louder. Which, which arm fell off? Um, her right one. 
Okay. What are the sisters thinking? What the hell? Um, I, I think that the virgin is like thinking about Bluebeard, but like sort of desperately hoping it's not Bluebeard. And as she watches uh, the arm fall off, um, she starts insisting to the other sisters that this is all a lie. Um, that this is, that the, it's just like the last room, right? That it's um, some sort of spirit or some sort of magic that's trying to uh, turn her against, uh, turn her against everything else and try to scare her away. The girl takes another step closer and uh, she points to the cabinet. She points to the flower. Don't you think that's beautiful? I always wanted a garden filled with flowers just like that. He promised me that together we'd plant it and it would become so beautiful. And there's another thump coming from the direction of the girl. Um, the witch is really concerned that she seems to literally be falling apart as she kind of spirals and talks about the beauty that's in the room and will probably urge the animus to just agree and that it is beautiful and do something. Yeah. Not let her come near. I think that the virgin almost feels sorry for her after a certain point, though. Like, this, I I think that the virgin still thinks that this is, like, a trick somehow, but she also feels, like, a great amount of pity for this person who just, like, wanted something beautiful and is now, like, falling apart yeah the witch is also kind of hung up on the phrase of one of the ones he loved the same with the animus just i think the same thing that you were about to say like what do you the ones plural what do you mean one of the ones he loved who are you oh i was not the first but he promised me i'd be the best and she falls to her knees um the thud getting real hard and she falls real hard Um, but she looks back up at Tiffany and starts crawling forward. It seems like her legs are not coming with her anymore. How close to us is she? Uh, not very close. She's, like, a couple yards away still, but she's- she seems to be not coming towards Tiffany anymore. It seems like she might even be more focused on the cabinet. She points up to it again, and she points to the- the dress. Uh, oh, and- he promised me that he'd have me dress in the most beautiful silks produced in this country. That the only thing that it would be able to compare to is the softness of my skin. Um, as she's crawling for towards you, her her hand falls off of her left arm. I I think that the virgin almost wants to like caress a horror yeah. here. Whether that be that like the animus does it or like pass the um, ring to the virgin. I was thinking the animus would pass the ring off to the virgin. Um who seems to be feeling significantly more compassionate than the animus has the depths to do right now. Um so yeah, she's gonna she's gonna pass the ring off to the virgin and hope that maybe the virgin has kindness to show this person because this person seems very soft soft baby yeah um okay soft and pitiful i think one of you should definitely put that uh figurine back in the cabinet though um so you pass the ring to the to the animus passes the ring to the virgin is that correct yes yes okay animus you uh are immune to trauma until the virgin passes the ring again all right, yeah. Um, I think that the virgin is going to um, set the the bed the bed figurine back down in the cabinet behind her, um, and then she's going to kneel down to um, to the horror that's now 
crawling towards her um, and sort of uh, sort of regard her. Uh, yes, uh, please roll for me and uh, add your blood. I can do that. That's pretty good. Um, that is uh, five and four and zero is nine. Excellent. Um, so describe how Tiffany uh, offers some kind of comfort to the shambling mess of a of a young girl on the floor. Um, yeah, she uh, she kneels down and um, watches the this girl crawling towards her, like literally falling apart, and. Um, she she's filled with like pity and compassion um and she reaches out and sort of like she reaches out and takes off one of her gloves and lightly strokes her cheek and says oh you poor thing she leans into your hand and she looks at tiffany um i'm so bad at these like you do it but ones yeah those are hard (laughs) because this horror isn't necessarily trying to hurt you. Yeah, she's hurting our heart. No, it's she's making <laughs> us feel real bad. <laughs> um, so she leans into into Tiffany's hands and smiles up at her. Uh, the innocence of her face now very clear to Tiffany. This this girl can't be older than sixteen. Um, and she smiles and she says, "Will you help me look at them?" Um, and, uh, Tiffany looks back to, uh, to the cabinet and says, uh, At the figurines? Yes, that's right. I think I can help with that. Um, is there any sort of, like, chair or anything in the room? Um, yeah, there, there's, like, a couple wooden chairs. Yeah, I think she's going to take, uh, like, pull one over facing the cabinet and sort of, like, help her into the chair like facing the figurines yeah um when tiffany picks up the the girl she is so light almost as light as a feather um almost as light as one of the dolls that might be sitting in this room and uh tiffany very carefully sets her down uh she's a little uneasy where her legs have broken off it doesn't seem like there's like a solid base to her torso for her to sit but Tiffany helps her, uh, arranges her in a way that she's able to to sit in the chair without falling off. Um, yeah. Um, the the girl continues to stare into the cabinet, looking at all of the, the memories that she has there. Um, she points to the cradle, and she smiles big and wide. It, it, you can feel the just adoration she has for this figurine just kind of uh, radiate off of her. It's almost a little infectious. Um, but she points at it with the stub of her left hand, and, um, she smiles real wide. You know, he, he promised that when God blessed us with a little baby, that we'd give the child a nursery, and an ear falls off. It would be so beautiful that it would make the royal family jealous. Uh, a chunk of her jaw falls to the floor. I can't wait to give him something that he asked for. I'll have the healthiest little baby that the CL family's ever known. And with that, there's a hard crack. And uh, it startles Tiffany quite a lot. Uh, When she turns to look at the the girl again, her head has completely separated from her body and has tumbled off of the chair. Um, Tiffany uh, lets out, like, 
like a gasp or like a little scream. Um, when the head stops rolling, uh, Tiffany sees that it's looking back at her and the girl is still smiling. There are tears coming down from her eyes and she just looks so happy. He promised we'd be happy forever. I'm so excited to be happy forever. Um, Tiffany, um, I think that she's going to, um, what's she gonna do here? Do, do the other sisters have any idea of what they want to do here? Um, I, I would honestly, like, probably encourage the version to basically kind of caress her again and just shush her and get her to kind of calm. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of because the witch is honestly thinking about Eloise and like leaving her while she was pregnant and yeah. Uh, as a note, if you think you have enough information, you can propose a truth to the room. That is true. I think that before she does this, uh, she's going to, um, like the witch suggested, um, lean down and uh, caress um, the, the young girl's hair and um smile at her like like she's being smiled at mm. um and uh, trying to do this in like a very comforting way um and i think hmm so <laughs> so uh, i i should be doing the proposed truth through the virgin's perspective right yes that's correct so i think that the virgin right now is sort of on the track that um that this is somehow a trick. I, I think that she feels a lot of pity for this this girl, um, but I, I think that she's like denying that this is really, this really has anything to do with Marley. Um, so I think that the truth that she's going to propose is that, um, I think that she's going to propose that this is like uh, a manifestation of herself sort of like it was in the last room um a, a manifestation of like innocence and um and you know um being maternal and, and motherhood and things like that and uh how she sort of has to fall apart and then rebuild herself to um to be this person i like that so so tiffany believes that this is her projecting yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, does that mean you are taking a token of loyalty to Bluebeard? It does. Excellent. Our girl is in denial. <laughs> it, we are the queen of denial. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiffany closes her eyes as she's thinking about this and trying to, to ner- nerve herself. Um, and when she opens her eyes, she finds that she's looking at a mannequin head on the floor. Um, she takes it and she puts it away. And a little unnerved by the room, but still feeling kind of, you know, powerful. We've got the earrings. We've got the aura. We know what's going on. Everything's fine. Uh, she leaves the room. Yeah. So I'm sure each of the sisters have very different opinions on uh, disappointment, um, especially from people of different genders as herself, as, as she's, she's lived so far. Um, can each of the sisters tell me a time she was disappointed by somebody who was not a woman? Uh, though it's just gonna say the most obvious one. She's a little disappointed in her new husband and how quickly he abandoned her and, like, up and left and has left her on her own terms in this new house. Like, she knows that it's a gift, but at the same time, like, just one night? Couldn't they have had one night? Mm. 
This is not what she was expecting from her new marriage. And she's being left a little disappointed. Right. But she's trying to keep the faith. Right. She was promised a fairy tale, and yet here she stands alone. It's kind of a hard pill to swallow right now. I think for the Virgin, um, this would be something that happened when she was very young, uh, maybe in childhood. Uh, Probably, like, her first crush on a boy i feel like she was like very disappointed by like they they didn't like her back or something um and i'm kind of imagining um just like uh maybe like um an apprentice like a young apprentice to someone else in the town um she sort of like harbored feelings for at a very young age probably like single digit age um and they uh sort of had a ooh cooties reaction to her and, <laughs> <laughs> and it was I'm, I'm sure all very dramatic i like it i do too i think the animus remembers their father oh okay and so we remember he had his kind moments but we mostly remember that he beat our mother and i don't know that she's ever been more brokenhearted over a man that she at least thought that she loved. After all, she can't really tell they were so young. But Of course, but I imagine she's mm-hmm. heard about it from, you know, her great aunt, who is so such a fan of men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aunt Muriel. She's full of stories about how great dad was. <laughs> but I think maybe the first time that she can recall um, her father laying hands on her mother is what she remembers most. Okay, interesting. So as Tiffany's leaving this room, all of all of these memories are all flashing back to her. Um, just the how this disappointment has affected her and how it's caused her to be distrustful of others, how it's caused her to prepare herself for for these disappointments in her life. Um, how is everybody feeling? Is everybody still okay? I'm okay. The cradle was a little hard for me, but I'm okay. Okay, that's good. <laughs> may have teared up over here it's fine (laughs) yeah i'm I'm feeling good doing good okay got some good heart pangs feel like breaking stuff (laughs) it's it's the good kind of hurt i like it good the the aim is to disturb but not to not to traumatize just making sure (laughs) on that front yes. yes you're doing a great job Hello again, listeners. It's Groundskeeper Chelsea. I hope this break will treat you well after a highly emotional room in our game of Bluebeard's Bride, published by Magpie Games. I know I've just reminded my players, but do take a moment to breathe and compose yourself before we continue our journey. This episode of Fables Around the Table, Tiffany, is brought to you by Bruch. Bruch is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra-gentle bristles, Bruch redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling you get when you just leave the dentist, a fresh, whole mouth clean, every single day. Our listeners will get 15% off their total purchase with the code POD15. Follow the link in our show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. We'd also like to introduce you to another podcast that is making similar content to Fables Around the Table, Snyder's Return. Snyder's Return is a tabletop role-playing game interviews and actual play podcast. We interview content creators, Twitch streamers, and fellow podcasters, and we put out our own actual play using a variety of different systems. So come and join us, come and have a listen. 
You can find us on Twitter at Return Snyder. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or check out our website at www.snidersreturn.squarespace.com. While we're relaxing, let me remind you of who our talented cast members are. Fiona L.F. Kelly is part of Project Derailed and works on a bunch of projects for the website. As well as being a showrunner for Fables Around the Table, she's also a player on Tales of the Voidfarer, a D&D 5e actual play podcast featuring the Spelljammer setting. She's also the host of movie podcast Big Streaming Pile, where she and a co-host talk about bad movies that you can see on streaming services. And if that wasn't enough, she's also a writer, and you can find all of the projects she's working on at any given time by giving her a follow at Fiona L.F. Kelly on Twitter. Annabelle Kimmel is a friend to the show and is making her second player appearance on Fables Around the Table. You'll know her as everyone's favorite aunt, Penny Rookwood, from Fables Around the Table Curse. She's also a part of Two Bookish Babes, a podcast that talks about YA literature. You can find them on Instagram at Two Bookish Babes. Caitlin Camp is back again this season to provide her talents to another game. She performed on the previous season of Fables Around the Table as Detective Posey Drew Fisher. You can often find Caitlin hanging around the Project Derailed Discord, discussing plants, bug life, and other various things. The voice of Tiffany is played by Anna Kolar, who's provided her voice to many other Fable seasons, including Curse and Lost. A new bride herself, she was able to bring those emotions to her performance and did a wonderful job. A thank you to Tom Goldthwaite for writing and recording the themes for each of the sisters, as well as a waltz for the bride. Tom was able to create something really special for my ideas, and the podcast wouldn't be the same without these compositions. And finally, I'm Chelsea Rexinger. I do lots of work for Project Derailed, including asset creation for the podcast, and being the surfer fairy on our Discord server. I've been on almost every season of Fables Around the Table, so if you like what we're doing here, I urge you to give any one of those other seasons a listen. If you're looking for something a little lighter after this episode to investigate, might I suggest Tainted Love, the other season that I ran. It's a little romance, a little gothic flavor, and a lot of goofiness. Our game of Visigoths vs. Mogoths can be your pick-me-up after this heavy episode of Tiffany. Other than Project Derailed, I'm also part owner of Plot Kindling Candles, a candle shop where we make soy wax candles inspired by York tabletop characters. This week I've been burning Noel, our monk, who features fresh winter green with bright magnolias and other white florals. Find our candles and start the process of crafting your own character's candle at etsy.com slash plotkindlingcandles. Did you know Project Derailed has a Patreon? If you enjoy our content and would like to support a creator online, please think about pledging to us. Pledging will give you access to special channels in our Discord, access to extended retrospective episodes, and even a whole bonus podcast where you can listen to Nick, Tom, Fiona, and Chelsea talk about the things they've been working on in the past month. Support the website and the podcast at patreon.com slash project derailed. And now with all of that out of the way, I think we're all ready to return to the game. Thank you for listening. Um, so the Virgin, I believe you are still in charge. Um, as Tiffany, you look down at the key ring and, uh, what, what key calls to you? Hmm. What key calls to me? Um, I think that she is going to pull out, um, pull out, pull out a key where on the ring part of it, um, the metal is intricately woven and uh, has like a crown shape in between all the loops and everything like that. Um, it feels like solid in her hand, not quite heavy, but that this is like very like finely crafted and robust. 
Um, and I think that the the teeth on uh, the teeth on the key ring are um, are almost like shaped sort of like a jigsaw piece with like a bit missing in the middle. Okay, that is a very interesting looking key. Yeah. Hmm. What room does this open? A scary one. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so. Tiffany looks at this key and she she walks down the hall to a door she hasn't opened yet and she pushes the the very kingly key into the the door and it opens up and the first thing that she's hit with is the smell of fresh bread. Um, it's a very warm and comforting feeling uh, and Tiffany immediately notices where she is. She is in a kitchen. Um, there are counters almost as far as she can see. This kitchen's bigger than homes that Tiffany has lived in before. Um, there's a long table that Tiffany imagines that uh, the staff eats lunch at and dinner at every day while the uh, the lady and the, the lord are dining in another room, perhaps. Um, there's bubbling pots going. Um, lunch is being made. Uh, Tiffany now aware that she's been wandering, wandering the house for a few hours now. Um... So there are dry dry herbs hanging from the walls on hooks. There are big cabinets that Tiffany are, can imagine are just filled with teas and other uh, food preparation items. Um, there are pans on the stove uh, and hanging above. Um, there's a woman working in here getting lunch prepared, uh, as Tiffany assumes. Yeah, um, I think that Tiffany feels like the most at home in this room so far. Like it's very like warm and cozy and comforting. She probably like smells a lot of the um, herbs and spices that she's used to having herself in her old home, um, and it like I feel like it like instantly relaxes her for a moment um, until she notices uh, the woman in the room and. Uh, does the woman notice her? No, she is so busy uh, with all of the things she's trying to do at the same time that she doesn't even notice that Tiffany's walked in. The witch is ecstatic in cataloging everything that she sees and urges the virgin to go help. Uh, yeah, <sighs> the virgin um, will go, like, walk over and sort of, like, not, like, going, like, super slow, but... um allowing herself to take everything in as she goes in um she goes up to to the uh to the woman um making the food and says uh hello uh would i be able to help you uh the woman jumps for a moment and looks at tiffany um and she eyes her up and down and she kind of scowls at her before returning to uh her cooking and she goes no the kitchen's no place for a, a woman like you Oh, um, perhaps I could... Um, she says the kitchen's no place for a woman like you. Um, Tiffany, uh, will, uh, sort of, like, stands a little bit taller, um, and she will say... I think before she says something real quick, I think the the animus would try to remind the virgin, like, we're the woman of this house. Who is she mm -hmm. to tell us where we belong? Yeah, um... Yeah, the witch is even a little wrinkled by her response yeah. to like, excuse yeah, you? sort of like encouraged <laughs> by by her sisters. Uh, Tiffany will stand up a little bit straighter and like um, even like straighten up her dress a little bit on her, and uh, we'll say um, we'll say, I am the lady of this house. 
The whole house is mine to come and go as I please, so I will just observe that. Uh, the woman scoffs and laughs. All right, well, if you're going to observe, please stand out of the way. I wouldn't want you to get hurt. Um, Tiffany being told by someone who seems like she has a lot of authority uh, will, will, like, pretend like she's not doing what she says, but um, will, in fact, give her a little bit of space. But she's going to go around and, like, uh, look at everything else. Maybe, like, look at the teas and herbs that that she has. Maybe smell some nice oregano or something like that. Uh, yeah, and... Fiona, you're a little more knowledgeable about tea. What kind of tea does she find? In- she finds a, a very beautiful tea cabinet with all kinds of different um, selections. What Ooh. do you think she finds in there? Um, I think that she's going to find a lot of like uh, really nice like Chinese teas. Um, really like black teas Ooh. and oolongs. Um, so she might find like, uh, you know, some, some rock teas, some like big red robe or like ooey oolong, um, things like that. So not, not really, uh, herbal teas or green teas, but those like big, robust, strong black teas and oolongs. Ooh, so like my favorite kind of tea. Excellent. Yeah, that's the kind of tea <laughs> I like too. Like a nice smoky, like, lapsang sushong or something like that. Nice. So, yeah, does Tiffany try to, like, get into this cabinet to, like, touch them and, like, look at the, the labels and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I think that she's going to uh, take a closer look and maybe even, like, take one and try to smell it. Uh, when she opens the, the cabinet and tries to, to reach inside, she hears uh, a metal-on-metal metal clash. Uh, and the woman yells from across the room, Get your mitts off of that! Um, <laughs> uh, Tiffany will definitely jump at that, and um, she'll say, sort of like faltering a little bit, um, But I'm the lady of this house, Bluebeard. Or, well, I guess she doesn't call him Bluebeard, she's- I'm the lady of this house, Marley told me I could go wherever I want. I don't care who you are, this is my kitchen! And I think that the virgin is going to be nervous and pass the ring off to the witch, who she thinks feels more at home here and will be a little bit more confident in confronting this woman. (laughs) It's funny because I literally just put in my notes that the witch is not happy by this response. Um, Would you say that you have shivered from fear? I would say that I have shivered from fear. Okay. Um, So... Tell me, uh, which of these things, or tell me one of these things, um, how the fear infects the bride with its perversion, uh, how whatever the bride is afraid of has it in its clutches right now, or how the fear speaks to her. And if you take that, you'll, you'll mark a trauma. Hmm. Um, sort of like, uh, in the context of the game, um, what, what is trauma meant to to like describe like on a narrative Um, level the way that trauma works in this game is that the more the a sister is dealing with something that she is afraid of uh you know how normally when you're afraid of something you kind of have that anxiety build and weigh on you and kind of feel very heavy so the trauma is meant to symbolize something has very deeply upset you and is is going to weigh on you for a moment as you're trying to to figure out how to deal with it okay so i think that she's going to do the last one then that it speaks to her and she takes a trauma um i think that with like how 
innocent she is it actually does really upset her when she's when she's yelled at um especially by the servants like even though she knows that she's the one in charge that um she doesn't feel like the adult here she feels almost like a child and uh, she's sort of like internalizing that anxiety and letting it like hurt her deep in her heart all right excellent um and who are you passing the ring to i am passing it to the witch okay so as the virgin is thinking about that it's causing tiffany to tense up and and shrink down uh not only do you feel like you are not as in charge as you once felt as you were wandering the halls, you feel like they are seeing through you. They know you're a lie. They know that you are not the woman that Bluebeard thinks you are. Uh, so... Miss Witch, how are you feeling about that? <laughs> um, the witch is actually kind of angry because... Well, the witch kind of considers the kitchen of all places kind of like her domain. And being yelled at that she doesn't belong there and it's not actually hers, she's quite a bit angrier than the Virgin. I think if it had happened in a different room, it would affect her differently. But this is this is her home. <laughs> so holding the tea and probably like gripping it, like after, um, like kind of as the shiver moves or the fear moves through the virgin, um, her grip on the tea that she was picking up will probably clutch for a minute. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to say that she hasn't fully turned around yet, so she's going to take a deep breath and inhaling the scent of one of her favorite, or inhaling the scent of this strong tea, she's going to turn around and face the cook and... Um, She's going to fake it until she makes it (laughs) and try to stand up to her (laughs) a little bit. So I don't know if it's really dirtying myself with violence, but uh, she's going to tell the cook back. By definition, the kitchen is still part of the house, which makes it mine. And she's going to walk forward and place the tea on the workbench that's in front of her and look around for a kettle as if to make herself a pot of tea. Yeah, tell her. Kind of have a showdown. Urged on by the animus. <laughs> um, I am going to say this is not dirtying yourself with violence because that move is specifically for, like, physical actions. That's what I figured, but... Yeah. Um, but you are still trying to stand up to this woman. You come over and are trying to intimidate her and you set the tea down. And the woman turns and glares at you, and this is the first time you really, like, get get a good look at this woman. Um, she is nothing but skin and bone. Like, you, you feel like you can almost see her skeleton through her body. Her clothes appear now to be obviously, you don't know how you missed it before, but just hanging off of her. Almost like if she makes one, one false move, the dress will just fall down over her shoulders. Um, and she turns and glares at you, and it almost seems like as she's... As you're taking in the glare, she seems to be getting taller and bigger. Not necessarily gaining weight, but just her size is is increasing. You can feel the anger radiating off of her, um, almost burning uh, a hole into you where she's staring. I thought I said this is my kitchen. I don't care who you are or who told you anything that gave you the thought that you have any power here. This is my kitchen and I will run it as I see fit. Um... 
as she seems to get bigger or swelling uh, with power, the witch is going to kind of take... I want to say she'll, she's going to take stock of the situation and see if it's just like this woman's intensity that's making her seem more intimidating or if it's like kind of like where the other rooms where it's something's playing a trick on her i guess so like i guess that'd be like what socks the bride it's not really from the shadows but uh yeah or so, what horror's hidden yeah so as tiffany is trying to get a uh a sense of the room because this feel obviously something is is strange is happening people just don't grow in front of you um she looks around and she which question are we answering uh what stalks the bride from the shadows uh i think probably what would be better is actually what horror here is hidden from the bride from tiffany okay so as as she's taking this in and she's you know upset by this woman um she's looking around and looking at the fixtures in this place and this feels like it's one of the most important rooms in the entire house. You know, the the food preparations here. So, you know, if somebody's not working in here, nobody gets fed, people go hungry. And that importance and that, like, authority and, and power kind of radiates from the walls and from the appliances and from, from everyone. Um, and as uh, Tiffany is taking in that power, or, or that sense of power irradiating from everything. She can also feel that the woman here, um, the cook, is feeding that. That the room here is taking the energy from the woman and making itself more abundant and more durable and more... just... just more. <laughs> I guess... I think with that... Um, I don't think the witch wants to back down, but I think she kind of wants to, like, she kind of placate the room. Okay. Like, how does the witch feel like she can do that through Tiffany? Um, let me look at, I think she's going to say something along the lines of, you're right. As the lady of the house, working in the kitchen might not be my job anymore, but I was... I don't know what I want to say. <laughs> I don't know. Um, how are the other sisters yeah. feeling about how this, this woman is, is reacting? Um, I think that the virgin is uh, similarly terrified to how she was before. Um, but now that she's like a little bit more hidden by her sisters. Um, and that's sort of how I imagine like the functionality of how you can't like take another trauma after you pass off the ring until the ring is passed off again works is like she's almost like hiding behind the witch um but right. in that protection she's sort of encouraging her like no like we're the lady of this house like she has to listen to us like she's not our peer she's not our superior she's like our servant i know this is gonna be so impertinent but <laughs> <laughs> The witch is going to say, Perhaps you're right. Maybe this is no longer my place in the household. 
and she's going to take the tea and kind of put it on the opposite side of the bench and say, Might I request a cup of tea with my lunch? Uh, the woman scowls but shrinks back down a little bit, and she nods her head, and she says, Yes, Lady CL. And she starts a kettle. I'm still the one in power. <laughs> the animus is seething. Lloyd's just like, I know. I know. I get it. Yeah. Sheet to say these and uh, the virgin, I think, is like <laughs> continuing to like push the animus to like revel in that being in charge and everything like that. That's fair. So yeah, um, as she boils the water and as she's preparing the, the teapot with the loose leaf tea, um, Tiffany can see that as she's putting the, the loose tea into the, the teapot, that it seems like part of her hand crumples away and also like, like turns into dust as it enters this, this tea kettle. Um, Tiffany almost has to like do a double take uh, for when she, she looks back. Her hand's completely still there, but the image of, of part of her getting uh, disintegrated into the tea it still still lingers in her mind. Oh, I'm drinking her. <laughs> um, I am going to wait with my head held high and feeling the weight of the earrings still in my ears until my cup of tea is finished. Yeah, and the woman brings it over to the uh, where, where Tiffany is waiting and she sets it down. She's got a little, uh, little cup full of sugar cubes for her. Um... And she nods her head and she says, Here you are, my lady. And she returns to cooking. Um, and as Tiffany watches her cook, uh, she can see that more and more of the woman is going into the food she's preparing. Hey, Virgin, do we take tea with sugar or anything? Um, <laughs> so <I'm drinking. laughs> Which doesn't know. <laughs> I don't drink tea. So <laughs> I, I, I looked this up and um, apparently it was a recent uh sort of like a recent invention of the higher class that uh you would put milk in tea but it was like sort of like a newer thing um so she's feeling fancy she'd put a little bit of milk in it but otherwise she would just drink it black i'm gonna assume that there's no milk in front of us (laughs) she's gonna go out to the cow no (laughs) (laughs) yeah i am going to how pertinent do we want Tiffany to be in this moment? <laughs> oh, if it's a lap saying, I just know from personal experience it goes nice with a little bit of apple juice. <laughs> um, uh, Tiffany, the witch is going to clear her throat and ask... Actually, I take my tea with milk. Since it's not immediately being offered. <laughs> Tiffany Get suddenly it. very powerful. <laughs> She's hungry drunk. She's power drunk, I should say. Um, yeah, so the the woman turns and scowls at her and very begrudgingly says, Yes, Lady CL. And she she steps away from the the cooking that she's doing, and I guess that it would be an ice box, like a literal ice box at this point. Something I don't know how old refrigerators right. work. Yeah, yeah. So she she moves over to an ice box and opens it, and Tiffany sees that that there doesn't appear to be a lot inside of it. Um, but as Tiffany's watching it, that the woman kind of. Uh, materializes this jar of milk in her hand, um, and Tiffany can see 
parts of the woman kind of detach and reform as she's conjuring this this food item. And she brings it over and she sits it on the table and nods and she goes, Please enjoy, ma'am. And then returns to her cooking. Uh, Tiffany is going to prepare her tea and then we're going to leave the room so that she doesn't notice that her hands are shaking <laughs> from the confrontation. <laughs> uh, would you like to propose a truth about the room? Yes. So I think the witch thinks that this was all a test for her. Um, I think after the last couple rooms have kind of pointed out to her that she maybe feels like she doesn't belong and doesn't really understand what her role might be and this was a test for her to kind of for her room where she feels most comfortable to understand her role in this house and also still realize that she still has some power in this house so okay interesting yeah so does this mean you are taking a token of loyalty yeah i'll take a token of faithfulness all right excellent you know what that means that means that next time we will see if you guys want to open the door yeah oh crap we're that close we we did it we got all three tokens um but before we focus on the door let me ask the sisters um tiffany i imagine uh with how she's kind of always been under her her great aunt has dealt with a lot of other powerful women opposing their will onto her um can each of the sisters tell me about a time that she has felt like a woman has overpowered her i think it would be with the aunt um for the virgin um I, I think that the aunt would have insisted to Tiffany a lot of the time that, like, she's too soft and the world is going to sort of, like, eat her up. Um, and Tiffany realized kind of that in doing this and, like, breaking down her self-esteem at many levels, um, the aunt was also sort of eating her up. And I think that she was, like, she loved her, but she was also, like, a little bit afraid of her and, like, afraid of her power interesting okay that's i feel that deep in my soul (laughs) (laughs) um i think the animus would agree with the virgin uh again actually but again for different reasons um the when we lived with our great aunt it was constant negativity Uh, she always thought we were naive and she didn't understand why we kept hoping for something different, why we wanted something different, why we were yearning for something else at the same time that she was preparing us for that. And I think the intensity of all of this was overwhelming. And it's something that we're glad that we're not around anymore, even though we kind of miss her because she is our great aunt. But this this uh, <laughs> woman in the kitchen kind of reminds us of that and... For the animus, it's, I don't know, it tastes like blood on the tongue. Ooh, I like that. I mean, the overall question is, like, when have we felt overpowered by another female, right? That's correct. Okay. I guess, in a different sense, we always kind of felt that with Eloise in 
that to us, like, Eloise was kind of the golden child. And oh, okay. what she wanted, she got. And it didn't really matter if Tiffany wanted something different. It was what Eloise wanted. But... Right. Which always made her feel second best. But, I mean, that's all the witch has got. The witch is also just really still reeling from her confrontation. She was putting <laughs> on a brave face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all of these feelings of just insecurity and, and defeat and kind of just, like, you know, self-disappointment, very low self-worth, um, Tiffany is, is dealing with all of these memories rushing back to her um, as she takes her, her cup of tea and um, exits the room. As she does, she feels like uh, the room, once again, is trying to pull energy from, from the woman, but it almost feels um, content to be like that. Um, and Tiffany exits the kitchen, hearing the door latch behind her. And next session, we will go see what's behind the Yay, final door. I'm almost sad that we're almost at the final door. I should have just tried to escape. I finally have the keys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, when, when we start again, I'll have you describe... Uh... Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a Gith Yankee. My character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're ravenous, right? Yes, I, 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 and you are. I, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckby Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> Projectderailed.com